Welcome, Sonic Talk number 318, uh, recording today live on what is apparently the hottest day of English summer, 19th of June. Uh, you're watching this live stream. We've got uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live. Um, we have a chat, live chat room and a live video stream, so please do join us. Uh, if you're not here this week, then you're watching this on YouTube, then you can uh, certainly check it out on um, next week and the week after and forever. Because, as we know, we're already at 318, so hopefully we'll get to thousands. Um, this week I've got a fulsome... Oh, something... What's that noise? There's a noise. Sorry, that was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> With all the technical stuff that's going on today, we've got quite a complicated setup because we can, uh, we can say hello to a guest we haven't had for an awfully long time. I'm going to switch to Mr... Uh, well, actually, I won't do that now because, first of all, I have to remember our sponsors. I always forget this. Much as we value them, um, of course, we, our sponsors are Isotope. Isotope have been uh, very kindly giving away a piece of software um, traditionally uh, during the course of their sponsorship. And this week is no different. For details of who won last week and how to win this week, stay tuned. We'll now go to Mr. Non Eric from Musetalk.de. How are you, Hans? I'm or fine. Non. How are you doing? Do you get called Non or, or Eric for short when you're in your, in your uh, TV persona? Short. Uh, would be Eric, I think. Eric, okay, I'll remember. I'll try and remember to do that. Eric is uh, there in his wonderful studios in London, in Berlin, sorry, where it is even hotter than here, right? 35 degrees, I'm told. That's why I've got this windshield on the microphone because I have a big um, ventilator. Ah, you got a, f- a fan blowing, a blowing fan. cold, cool air over you. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, non Eric has uh, very kindly set up. He's got a sort of mirror image of the same set- setup as we have, except his is much more professional than mine. No, He's no, got- no, 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 no. There no. he is. We we taught each other everything we know. Yes, something along those lines. So, uh, n- uh, Non-Eric will be showing us a little bit of Nave because he's doing a full review in German. Music Talk, of course, is uh, a music technology show in. Berlin, and their stuff is in the German language, and uh, very good stuff. Uh, if you're English, you probably find you understand more than you think, because I don't speak German at all, but I can actually usually get the gist of it, and I think that's just down to your your brilliant presentation skills, Hans, so thank you very thank much. You. You're, you're so polite. <laughs> I'm working on it. Give me a chance. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably screw that up in a bit. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll also go over there to Mr. Mark Tinley in uh, Bedfordshire. Uh, where it's also extremely hot. How are you, Mark? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Likebeing.com. Uh, Mark is also a collaborator. Well, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Because I say one member or a collaborative member of... Um, oh, God, I can't remember what it's called now. It what? was called TV Mania. TV Mania, of course. With, oh, I, should plugged, I should have plugged my other thing. With, with uh, Nick Rose and Duran Duran. But it, it happened in the past, and now it's been found, and now you can get involved if you go... Uh, tvmaniamusic.com I believe is where you go and there's all sorts of stuff going on there but uh, in the meantime we have Mark at Like Being as well I do I love it <laughs> excellent and uh, we've also got a return uh, of another regular guest in the form of Gaz Williams who's uh, back from his jolly japes across the uh, globe where he's been in the uh, the southern hemisphere the northern hemisphere the eastern and the west where have you been just come back from? In fact, you played in Bath not long ago, and I was, I was actually in the coast. So, Gaz, you'll have to speak, and then you will magically appear in one of the designated okay, boxes. Am I coming through loud You enough? are, and there he is. Thank you yeah. very much. Gaz Williams, uh, songsurgeon.co.uk, uh, bass player with the Carl Hyde Project. Is that, yeah. is that how I should refer to it? It sounds, it sounds like a good name, actually, the Carl Hyde Project. Who's obviously, <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, yeah, but I mean, Carl himself is sort of a bit about his name because he really feels like it's a band and it's lovely, he's really cool like that, he's very inclusive. And but anyway, um, yeah, we've only got one big show left of this current tour, and that's the Fuji Rock Festival, which we've got a fantastic billing on that. Where, wow, uh, Saturday night, second headliners, main stage, nice, <laughs> nice, nice, uh, so it's good, really exciting. Um, so going to be sharing a stage with Bjork and, you know, that's going to be 
Wow, is she going to have all her infernal machines with her? You're going to have to kind of uh, watch where you. If you start flinging your base around, oh. are you going to start sort of tinker at t- hitting tubular bells and blocks of wood and stuff? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great, really exciting, and uh, so um, can't wait for that. So Excellent. Really well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, mm. I was unfortunately not able to join you uh, when you played with your fabulous surf band, the Rumbelows, this weekend because I was uh, on the coast, and it was one of the places, one of those rare places in the England, in England, where there is absolutely zero mobile phone, nothing. Just so the only t- the only way I could communicate with people was to go to the bar, get on the Wi-Fi, and make a Skype call out to them. And that was the only way, or use a payphone. But the last time I used a payphone, it was 2p a minute, and now it's a quid a minute, so I, I decided not to do that. Anyway, um, I think we might start with uh, something that Hans can talk about, because, or Nonit can talk about, because uh, he's all set up for it, and, uh, and I know that he's not necessarily had a lot of time to look at some of the other things. So we'll have a look at the Nave. Um, and I introduced Dave. Of course. Oh, we God. do Nave. Nave, Dave. Dave, is it, you're being too quiet. Do you have oh, to sorry, say I've something? Got my, I've got my mic muted because I'm playing here. You're playing? Yeah. Dave Spears for G4 Software there um, in his new lair, which has yeah. windows and everything. Dude, it's so close today, isn't it? It's really hot. Have you got your windows open? No, I can't because there's somebody working outside. Oh, man. Oh, and I'm making lots of noise. Like that? Ooh, that Ooh. sounded nice. What was that? Is it anything you can tell us about? Nope, I can't tell you. Is it Nave by Waldorf? <laughs> it's a secret. Oh, man, look at him go. I want to hear more. There you yeah. go. Hey, guys, you should remember that. Yeah? That was an alternative intro, too. Wow. I, I, you lost me. I'm guessing this is an inside <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of gig. Joke. Right, okay. Well, thank you for the track, Dave, with only with the Mini Monster, the String Machine, and the Imposter 2. Hooray! Yay! Wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. Well, we've just we're, actually we've just uh, started a series by a guy called Ian Affleck about limitators. He's called it, and it's uh, a series that basically uh, sets a challenge. Like he says, like there's two sine waves, make a track with them. That's all you got. You could, you know, there are sort of parameters you can work within. Uh, like you know, you can use plugins, you can cut things up to a degree. And uh, he's he's sent me something, and it's uh, yeah, I'm really quite excited by that. And people seem That's to respond cool. very. So, yeah. So there's going to be a challenge based on that, um, Gaz, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. That's really cool. I think so. Yay. That does sound good. So, yeah. um, And, um, but anyway, let's talk about, uh, well, actually, let me play the intro because I have got a little bit of, uh, I'm out of sync here because we're actually on, uh, yes, video four. Here we go. This, of course, is uh, Waldorf Nave. This is the new synth from Waldorf. Uh, which I've got, which is a bit loud, so I'm turning it down a bit. New Silver Wall of on the iPad, and it's uh, the reason this came up, apart from the fact that it's quite cool, is it was probably the biggest story last week on the site. It just and uh, got the most comments. People were just raging about it. It's a big story. Big story. Yeah, it's got real heritage, doesn't it? When you look, it's like the power trio of software of digital synthesizer designers. It's a it's a biggie. Do you yeah. Think, yeah, well, I'm interested. I mean, first of all, I was quite interested the fact that it was so big because, you know, I mean, Waldorf haven't been sort of chucking synths out at a rate of knots. And in fact, you know, the, the, the last one that they brought out was, a, while it was very exciting at the initial launch, when people kind of, people have sort of gone a bit cold on it, which was, I can't remember what it's called now. You'll remember. Non- rocket. Rocket. I did the rocket. Yeah. You did the rocket. Um, so It didn't, re- didn't really sort of grab me. Sorry. No, so it's a, that's why it's so interesting that this has perhaps kind of got such a kind of big... People are so excited about it. What is it, do you think? I mean, you've had a chance to have a look at it. Sadly, Muggins here has still got a classic iPad and uh, unfortunately hasn't got the funds to spend another 400 quid on another iPad just to run Nave, so I'm, I'm unable to uh, to test it. But it does sound, from that demo, really rather nice. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing, um, well, you've obviously got it. Not Eric, haven't you? So, what are your yeah. initial thoughts? I mean, you've got you've got it right there, and we we can b- demonstrate by the by the classics of your uh, your your switching system that you're you're going to show us show us some chops, eh? 
All right, let's try, okay? <laughs> can you see me? I can see you. Okay, all It's right. working so far. <laughs> the, the thing is, um, it's a real Waldorf, uh, but it's not an emulation of anything. They've got the wavetables of the Blofeld, Microwave 1, 2, everything in there, but they sort of added quite a lot. They've added, as I can demonstrate on this bass sound here, this consists actually of, let me just switch. This actually consists of two wave oscillators. They're here. Yeah. Let me just switch onto the other view. Maybe that makes it more clear. Aha, uh -huh, got you. It says wave one and two. Yeah. And these are the wavetable oscillators. But then it's got oscillator here. And I'm just going to turn this down completely. And now, let me, I got a, a problem here with my screen capture, but here. Now I turned off the, uh, the virtual um, analog synthesizer, which is also included. Uh -huh. And now I add that to it, and that gives us a very sort of rich uh, yeah, texture, I hear, yeah. because it adds to it. And they've added a whole new section. This section here is the traditional wavetable synthesis uh, part, with two wavetable oscillators. And then they've got something here called the spectrum, which is totally new to anything in, in the world of synthesis. And um, I did a, a review, a full review, which will be on Music Talk on Monday. And I had the developer, Rolf Wurman, in the show. And he explained to me what it did, but I couldn't really sort of follow too much. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about wavetable synthesis that uh, it's, well, say with the Wolfgang Palm apps, it's just like, yeah, they sound great, but I have absolutely no idea what's going on there. And I think that's, a, that's actually uh, the biggest differentiator between uh, the, the Waldorf, and I think that's why people are rage so, so um, enthusiastic about it, is that it's got the traditional wavetable sounds, sounds closest to, actually to the PPG, because it's sort of it's got the same heritage, same sound, great bass, everything. But the big difference is you can't get your head around the PPG app. You know, it's very very hard to sort yeah. of really construct a sound from scratch, which you can do here quite well actually, because yeah. they uh, show you um, it's it's laid out very very classic. I mean, we've got the oscillator section, then we've got the filter, and that all works as we would know it. Uh -huh. And as you see here, I think one of the biggest things about the app is actually how the, uh, the virtual knobs are programmed and the faders are programmed. I haven't had any other app yet that gives me such a very good experience. It's not, you know, some of them have this kind of acceleration and then you have to go back and forth to find the right point. This is done really, really clever. If you, if you do it really, if you do it quite slowly, you can very, very precisely edit. And ah, if you go okay. a bit faster, you can go all the way really quickly. I mean, I think they they spend a lot of effort getting this right, and they've done it right. The gooey dynamics. Yeah. And then you, from the filter section, obviously, you go into the next one. It's got the modulation here. You can switch to another, to the alternative keyboard. So it's all sort of very easy to understand if you ever work with a synthesizer. Here's the effect section. So there is a, there's a lot of traditional feel behind this app. That's why I think it makes it so much easier to actually create your own sounds. And um, if, if you don't create any sounds, no problem, because they've been so crazy. They've got 500 great sounds coming with it, and no in-app purchase, everything included for 70 ah. euro. And I think they've got a big problem now, because how to justify... Uh, when this comes out on the Mac and the PC, well, it would be 10 times more expensive. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Guys, I can see you're itching to get in there. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's really a very, very nice synthesizer. It's also the record page, you know, as yep. Hans is going through those pages, the, the record page is actually, it's like a four-track recorder, a four-track stereo-track recorder, and you get... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can actually like kind of clip editing, and it's actually very nicely done. It actually works really well, and you think, ooh, we're kind of getting unbelievably spoiled with these kind of Apps, tools, yeah. you know, because it's, you know, it's so feature rich. It's a bit mind-boggling in a way. But yeah, um, 
But, but it, I yeah. guess also the thing is, it, it's kind of like, um, because it's quite a complex, well, I, I mean, with the Blofeld and all those other things, yeah. they didn't really kind of get, you know, the, the access to the wavetable part is much more apparent, it seems to me, on the app. Uh, so you can well, get more what, into what that you've got to, What you've got to understand with this particular app is the way that it's a collaboration between certain people, uh, certain kind of prominent people from Waldorf. Um, do you know, like Hartman? Um, uh, Axel Hartman, I, I saw Axel he was Hartman. involved. Gooey. Yeah, well, yeah. he's done the GUI on it, hasn't he? So, I mean, he's, yeah, got he that, yeah. he's got the heritage of doing... He designed that Hartman Neuron Synthesizer, which... Many, many synthesizers he's been involved in. Well, many, in. many synthesizers. But, but so he's... Even so the, the fact that he's worked on the GUI, I think it's just very interesting. So, you know, that it's like almost like a... Um, it's, almost, it's almost like a celebrity... Like a super synth. Ah, super, because it, <laughs> it's like a VR, it's a super group synth. Uh, yeah, because, uh, guess you may not know, but one of my mates here, who's also in our regular podcast, Wolf, he's actually the programmer behind this, and he did the analog. So, uh, yes, right. Stefan Stenzel did the wavetable part and the synthesis part, and the rest uh, was done by um, Rolf, and they spent lot of time on it, and uh, there's so much stuff in there. It's unbelievable. You can even create your own wavetables out of stuff that you recorded in the four-track oh, or from cool. anywhere else via audio copy. The only thing that's maybe a little bit of a problem, you need to have an iPad 4 to have any fun with it. Yeah, it's got to be iOS 6, which means a, a, a classic iPad is just out of the yeah, question, yeah, yeah, completely yeah. out of the question. And that's kind of a shame, really, but I mean... I guess that's progress, isn't it? And that's what I'm going to have to angle for, obviously, which is uh, something that I don't I currently... I do have it running on my iPad 2 quite well. I haven't actually really pushed it a lot, but it sounds nice. It's, it's definitely usable on the 2. But, well, uh, I'm, an, I'm a big audio buffer. So um, there, there was one comment I already made to Nick about your last show on Sonic Touch. You did, you know, try to get something going with GarageBand. Garage band, yes, garage. Yeah. Garage band, yeah. I, I always have this discussion with some people here in Germany. They say, no, it's called garage band. I say, no, it's called garage band. Remember the track? We're a garage band. <laughs> <laughs> so with garage band, and um, I'm using it actually a lot with Beatmaker, Audio Bus, and it's basically more or less works almost like. Uh, you know, like plugins now, because, you know, I'm feeding the MIDI into this uh, since I'm recording uh, the MIDI in Beatmaker, sending the MIDI to, to the app, record the output, and it more or less works quite fluently, but mixing is an issue, <laughs> mm -hmm. I find, because there isn't any good reverb, delay, or any kind of effects on the iPad yet that I find satisfactory. Don't you think it's got enough delay in it, though? The actual Pardon? app itself, this, yeah, this new Bulldog thing. There's, there's more reverb on some of these patches than, well, than I've heard in a long time. Not Absolutely. That, I... that was one, one of my complaints. Number one complaint to Rolf was, first feature request is the global effect off button, please. You know, yeah, since I, I, M1. That... Yeah. A continuous struggle, you know, getting that into... I don't know what it is that these guys think. Every time, it's once again, no global off. And the complaint uh, I had about the reverb and everything was actually... I think, Mark, you have a very good point here. It's because we have such bad or not high-endish reverbs in, in our DAW apps, it's quite good to actually have uh, a reverb and a delay that actually works well with the sounds of the Waldorf. If you want to, I can even play you some more. Can you turn it up a little bit? Because compared to your voice, it's actually quite um, low in volume, so that would be... But yeah, please do. Let me try. That's the init sound. Yep. I'm, have, I'm, I'm not wearing my glasses, which I should. Do you get that? Yeah. Such really, really lush pads. Yeah, they had some nice. And then you get the typical sort of uh, wavetable noise. Or even worse. 
the, I mean, I must admit that the stuff that I saw in the uh, in the demo, I was quite impressed by the range of sounds. I guess this, I mean, as, aside from the details of the actual synth itself, which, by from what you're saying, does seem pretty deep, it's quite. We're getting, again, you know, we do revisit this once in a while, you know, it's like, oh, well, how uh, are we getting to the situation where it's kind of almost like becoming its own standalone uh, development system? I mean, are they, are they presumably going to be making this as a plug-in as well, or is this Yes, pure... I think they will. And there's one last song, a sound I want to play you, is oh, yeah. to make to actually emphasize your point, is the scope of sounds is amazing, because I even found this really boring sound. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's a sort of bell-like organ. Can I or something like this. Can I have a rant? I recognise that somewhere. That sounds like a pop record. So that's so it's all there. Uh, 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 the scope of sounds you can create with this is amazing, and it occasionally reminds me of the wave generator. Uh, yeah, but it's a wave. It's a much better wave generator because this is actually controllable for a human being. Which I think it's a uh, yeah. Well, I think that's. I mean, it's it's almost like kind of you know. I'm still waiting for the top, for somebody to do the same thing for FM synthesis to create a really, you know, clear and easy to use front end to the same thing. And I think Mark wanted to come in. He's preparing himself. I can see him revving himself up there. What? Look. Oh, iPad Mini. Yeah, but uh, now check this out. Okay, so let me see if it, I can make this work. You're playing it over MIDI, right? I'm playing it over Wi-Fi, yeah, from from Logic, which is so. Much. If you if I hit the key really hard, you'll hear the latency. Yeah. But there's well, you... something really cool about being able to do that. It's like, hang on a minute. Now I can inter- I, even if there is that latency, I can think about I can think about what I want to play on it, and then maybe um, send send MIDI to it and sort of um, delay the MIDI. Yeah, basically record it back into the, the door and then move it back. Well, we've, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Because the solution of actually integrating the iPad and iOS devices into the DAW, there's not really been a, a kind of integration of MIDI and audio, apart from but the new iConnect. Oh, Gaz is holding up something there. So there must be something. There's the, the new iConnect. Um, and, and what's that? You'll have to talk so it comes... Okay, up. this is a very boring thing, but it's just I just got it today, and all it is is a iOS, or it's like obviously the old connector, yeah. Going going into a stereo jack lead, and it's just it's just it's just the line out, right? So, okay. Um, so very 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 basic thing, but you do get a line level signal as opposed to the headphone signal, um, which is vaguely better. <laughs> right. <laughs> what you need is gas. The best, absolutely the best small audio interface for the iPad is the Guitar Jack Two. It's amazing. That's the sound quality of the converters is really great. I mean, it's like day and night compared to the. I even use it uh, to watch uh, videos and movies because it's such much better sound. Ah, okay. So, and have you checked it? I got one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great, isn't it? yeah. It doesn't fit on my iPad though because of the beveled, so it keeps falling off. So. Uh, oh no! I have this. I have this little adapter because <laughs> mine is. Yeah, yeah, the fucking. I have twenty or thirty or fifty of them. I think it's about worth, worth, worth one k of euros in worth of trash. I think I have a whole bag here. Ah, well, wait till you, wait till you get. Uh, oh, look at that! He's got. Oh, yeah, but you've got it organised in a fantastic piece of Tupperware there. That's that. That's a. German efficiency, my friend. Absolutely, I, I, but there are no labels. I'm a bit disappointed. Uh, Dave Spears, <laughs> you've been very quiet there. I mean, you surely, you know, seeing stuff like this coming out must make you think. You know, is it is it something that you you will you know inevitably have to sort of be drawn towards to release synthesizers for for what you do, or is there just not enough power for the sort of synthesizers that you create? In it's the interesting. Idea? I think the first thing I, I showed it to Chris. From my perspective, this is probably the first time in a long time I've been interested in wavetable synthesis, and that's probably, I'd say, 80% of, the, is, of that is down to the GUI. For me, that's a, it was a really interesting part of it, because normally I'm kind of, we did the wavetable stuff with the PPG, which you couldn't give me nowadays, and the, uh, what was the wave station stuff? Yeah, the wave station stuff, which Chris has a brilliant story about, you know, writing a thousand sounds or whatever for Korg, 
and then having a power cut before he backed it up to the car, <laughs> which was one of those moments where he was ready to cry. He so, could course, have won the competition. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing I did was show it to him, and he looked at the price and just said, I don't know how people do it. You know, I'd like to be convinced that this is uh, a feasible operation. But in terms of money versus units, I can't, we can't really work it out. So, yeah, at the minute, I don't know, you know, I've talked a lot about the iPad, and for me, it's not there yet. But this is pretty close, man. Yeah, do you think that, I mean, do you think it's down to the fact that um, there's less in the form of tech support required because it's a sort of closed system, you just kind of offload it and then, you know, you're more hands-off in terms of iOS? I mean, I'm guessing here, I don't know whether that's actually the case, but it may be the case that there's less resources after the sale than, than perhaps with traditional software? I don't know, I don't think so. Not when you look at a lot of the comments on a, on a lot of the apps on the site. Uh, there is no... There is no cracks. I mean, that's the difference. I mean, you see that I know that the guys from Fruity Loops they sold about thirty thousand mobile apps, and Steinberg is also doing I think thirty or forty thousand already. So that's already that's a lot at forty bucks. Yeah. Well, so maybe it's quantity because you you just buy it because it's seventeen euro. Well, as even if it's only seventy or one hundred and seventy euro, uh, nine out of 10 probably don't buy it you know and use it so maybe that's maybe yeah, that's you just, yeah, it's possible i do exactly the same with a load of apps that i buy you know i kind of use once and then think oh that was cool and then forget about it i yeah. mean this you know this this seemed to fall into another category which wasn't that but uh, hmm. yeah it's interesting i mean certainly from a gui perspective it's always appealed to me the whole ipad thing but i do worry about getting locked into the whole apple ecosystem with one product yeah, I mean, it's slightly different with us at the minute, you know, because you've got audio units, VST, RTAS, blah blah blah, which is enough of a drain getting locked Absolutely, into yeah. to throw it. Yeah, apps. because I mean, and also Apple will deprecate and they will change things as we all know from the AU spec. So, I don't know, we'd have to be pretty sure. But I mean, I was impressed. I mean, like, I missed a lot of that because obviously my my um, reception was dropping again, which is really annoying. But yeah, a lot of the presets great. A little bit bathed in reverb. Very but much. Bathed. Yeah, that's the major criticism. Almost all of the sounds have lots of reverb, but it's always, uh, as I said, a global on-off switch would have been great, but it's got a very nice sort of um, reverb tail, so it quite it adds to some of the sounds, but it's, it's, sometimes it's like showroom, showroom like presets. That that's all there is really to whinge about. <laughs> yeah, that's, a pre- that's a pretty good thing to uh, yeah that's it I mean, yeah, absolutely that's why I got 5 out of 5 points in my review because I said I can't really complain I mean this yeah. this thing is 17 euros and <laughs> 500 sounds and uh, maybe the 4 track is a little bit buggy but forget about that I mean you yeah. just got to be happy it's a good one Excellent. Well, I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Um, at this point, uh, we should probably say uh, thank you to our sponsors because we've now got, uh, not only have we got their ad, which I'll run now, but we've also got some information uh, about their competition. So if I just flip to the ad, and hopefully it'll switch on now. Ah, here we go. Good old Isotope. Thank you very much for them sponsoring the show. Of course, uh, Isotope. Isotope Trash, which is not what's playing there, is uh, <laughs> something that I should be playing. Isotope Trash, uh, obviously, Trash is for many the kind of uh, the the most f- the, the full featured sort of mangling distortion uh, messing up kind of plugin. And Trash Two is just out. Uh, it's primed for a new powerful era of audio mangling distortion experimentation. Uh, the dual stage multiband distortion, uh, versatile distortion capabilities. There's also vowel form and capable dual filters, delay and dynamics modules, convolution engine, uh, which is all the rage at the moment. In fact, uh, the bit more on a product uh, hopefully that we'll talk about that later. Uh, and you can download a 10-day demo of Isotope Trash today by going to isotope.com forward slash trash and you get a fully functional 10-day demo uh, also they've just announced there's two expansion packs which are kind of uh, more classic textures and more extreme edge as well but it's on sale for 149 dollars at the moment uh, register the, the regular price is 249 through june the 26th uh, trash one customers can log into their account and get special upgrade pricing they've also announced a new set of um uh 
presets, which kind of are the more subtle side, which give a sort of more warming and more sort of fulsome feel to them. So just uh, do try it out. Check out the demo and also uh, isotope.com forward slash test forward slash trash for your 10-day trial. So I'm a bit flustered there because the wrong video played. But uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes in live broadcasts. If anyone's been watching the uh, what happened with Russell Brand and MSNBC, uh, you'll understand <laughs> all sorts of things. Can Fortunately, I haven't got anybody who's likely to give me a hard time like him on the show. At least I hope not. Uh, and also, uh, last week we had a winner. The winner um, of the competition, uh, we asked what was... What's the what's the worst thing you've thrown away? Uh, you know, trashed. Hence the trash. And I've got Lone Raver too, who just twelve hours ago uh, he was once walking working on a video project. I think in there I can bring it up here. He was once working on a video project where he bounced down the audio and threw out all the dialogue by mistake before it was ready. He freaked out because he thought he'd lost everything. And then he remembered his physics class and he managed to had all the other stems. And with a little cl- uh, click of invert phase, he was able to back all his dialogue, tra- get them all back by cancelling out all the other tracks with no loss in quality. And he's glad he paid attention in school. I'm glad you paid attention in school too. But I'm also glad you paid attention to the show because you've won yourself a copy of Trash 2. So I will contact you and the uh, Isotope Fairy will bestow it upon your account. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. Uh, right. Um, next up, before, I think... Sorry. Before you just go on, did anybody mention Wist? Because I actually got a little bit dumped out of this I'm sorry I'm trying to do too many things on my computer all at once but I noticed that um, I noticed that this Nave thing actually has WIST compatibility so oh that's handy sync it up to a whole load of other stuff that has WIST compatibility so in terms of it being a standalone kind of world where you can't interact with it I think its ability to have MIDI coming in and out of it and to do WIST is probably quite useful but maybe you can edit that back into the discussion well um no i I appreciate that i mean because wist is actually i mean this was one of the things that me and gaz came up in uh, up against in the last sonic touch was the inability for applications to kind of synchronize and midify themselves and when you're kind of recording from one into another particularly using stuff like audio bus that's an issue uh oh there we go. No, no, it has. There we go. Wist. Yeah, so Wist is enabled. It's, it's a Korg technology, I believe, isn't it? And it's just a sort of... It's essentially, as far as I can tell, it's like MIDI transport control and clocking information. So you get the tempo, the information uh, going, and you get a start start control, uh, a start signal. So that, that's how that works, I believe. But yeah, no, yeah, appreciate I mean, it. It's cool because it's cool, I've got, got K-Oscillator on my iPhone and on my iPad, and I can sync the two up, and I can walk around the house with them and... You know, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with being able to walk around the house with no wires, but... <laughs> it's, it's nice. I, I, cool. I, I, I like with someone else. It's, I like that here. In fact, Hans, you'll probably be appreciate this. Um, sorry, non-Eric, to use your professional name. I'm thinking about creating a system, because we both now use the same switching system, I believe, and the same switching software. And if you get MIDI Designer Pro on a bunch of iPod touches, you can put them above each of the cameras that you use and have, I'm recording now, this is the live camera. So have a tally system with no Ooh. wires. So I'm thinking about doing that. That's my net. I'm looking on eBay for some dirt cheap iPod touches. They have That's to be generation three. Um, so it's a no, no wires. Yeah, so I'll let you know how I get on with that. Or maybe you could go first and you could tell me how you get on with that. But uh, we, we, have much, <laughs> we have much to discuss technically, I'm sure. But uh, this is probably not the platform for it. If it was no. uh, video switching talk, then that might be uh, the show that I would watch, certainly. <laughs> yeah. And, or a uh, show where how to, credent- how to produce a lot of content dirt cheap. Yes, or certainly cheaper once you've invested the thousands and thousands of hours it takes to perfect your, uh, hone your skills. But um, let's not give it all away too much. Um, so, yes, the next thing I wanted to look at, um, we could do, um, is anyone interested in this Zoom 6 track recorder or should we go straight to Ocean Way? Oh, oh I, I am. I'm really, that. really interested in that. Which? The Zoom. <laughs> oh, Zoom, wow. all right. Let's go. I'm pressing the button now. This is the new Zoom H6, which has the all-new Zoom H6, a six-channel recorder for videography, broadcast, and electronic news gathering. Basically, uh, I've got the H4n, which I use daily, uh, and it's absolutely fantastic. The H6 is the world's first. It does look a little precarious on top of that DSLR. I'm sure that might stop. But anyway, this is six-track recorder. It's got six inputs, and the cool thing about it is the top module. 
the top module is what you change. So you've got four combo jacks, and then you can change the top um, to X, Y, to I think it's got very five, five fast forward through it. You'll be able to see, I think. It's a nice AMOLED display. also works as a, a USB audio interface. Uh, all the other things, still got that crappy SD card cover. Um, and it look oh, there we go there's all that so we've got a uh, uh, interchangeable heads you've got an uh, mid-side capsule a shotgun capsule an xy and another pair of line inputs all with their own dedicated uh, volume controls which uh, i imagine when you've got all of that balancing on the top of your tiny camera it might get a little bit unwieldy but um let's just go into that so you were, you were particularly thrilled by this, Mark. I mean, I saw it in I'm the flesh. I'm totally thrilled by it, yeah. I saw it in the flesh. I mean, I use the H4N, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, what is it about this that, in, that you, you're so excited about? Because I have to say, looking at all of those XLR connectors hanging off that, it looks ergonomically a bit of a mess. It's just going to be like an octopus with all the wires coming out, and that just seems ergonomically. Maybe, but bit- it's the only octopus with all the wires coming out available. <laughs> because I looked at, um, I wanted to buy a four-track recorder because I, I tried to record two p- sets of binaural recording and, and it's really important to me to get those things absolutely in sync with each other, the, those recordings, because trying to line it up afterwards is impossible. You just look once yeah, the phases, phase, yeah. cancellation and all that. So I thought I need a recorder where I can record four tracks at once, but trying to, there's lots of them out there. The recorders that record four tracks at once, but they nearly all default to using the two inbuilt microphones on the top of the unit, and then you can use two other uh, two other inputs on the unit. The fact that this has got four inputs on it, and then you can take the thing off the top and plug another two XLRs in the top of it, mean that it can record six channels from the sources that I want to feed into it and keep them all in sync. So that's what excites me about it. Well, you, you know, I mean, the H4N does four channels, and you can record four channels uh, from external sources. It's got a stereo mic input on the back, which we use because we use it regularly. I mean, for our show coverage, we use the two XLRs coming in from our remote stereo line in, and then the radio mic goes into the mini jack that's on the back of the unit, which is, uh, again, a, a stereo mic input. So you can do it on the H4N. It, you can't oh, do six no, channels. Maybe you can't I do six. That particular, maybe I thought that the... Um, that you'd got two channels of mic and then two channels from XLR or mini jack. I didn't realise you could utilise the XLRs and the mini jack at the same time. Well, I don't yeah. think you can. Uh, well, no, I'm telling you, you can because I, I use. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I use it. <coughs> okay. Definitely. I mean, oh, we... yeah, the, the one thing it's stereo. It's twice <coughs> stereo. Oh. Yes. Okay. You can't, you can't sort of. Uh, Set the gain independently of four channels or six channels. It usually is a stereo. No, you can. On the, I, I'm sorry to disagree with you there, but the latest firmware um, for the H4N allows you to uh, de-link the, oh, okay, and great. you can Maybe you can set them. Oh, so yeah, so it is Maybe it is feasible. Since I researched it. It's changed because I I researched it in the middle of last year. I think I needed something. I was going to buy a four-track recorder, and I couldn't find one that basically covered all bases for what I wanted to do and this would do it this would definitely do it my only concern though is when they click those different units on the top of it I mean the microphones are one thing because they're probably light aren't they but if that looks like a little kind of connector about the same size as what goes in the bottom of of an iPhone and then I stick two Neutrix XLRs in the top of it and it's got all that weight and cable weight hanging off that little tiny well perhaps it, it looks that's going to snap off isn't it, it? well it that's actually actually off. it does look like it's got what happens is there's a there's a kind of collar that that uh, it's kind of hard for me to describe it's got a collar so you've got this kind of uh, oops the connection is here mm. and then it clips like that and the connection is across the top so there is actually a sort of mechanical connection here it would have to be pretty strong, though. I mean, if it's made in China and I've got, like, my heavy-duty XLRs hanging off it, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. I'd want to see the physical quality of it, I think. Excuse me, my phone's going, and it sounds like it's an urgent one, so I'll just take that. So carry so on I mean, amongst yourself. So, Zoom, I, I think Zoom are a cool company. I've got to be honest. I like, I've got quite a few of their things, and what I always like about Zoom is that, I mean, the stuff is cheap and cheerful. The buttons are usually pretty rubbish. Uh, you know, they don't inspire a huge amount of confidence in the build quality. No. But, but they're actually, uh, I mean, I got this one here. This is the Zoom H2N. And uh, this one's quite fun because it's got, 
it's got such a lot of microphones built into it. You got um, they could do mid side and X Y at the same time, and you can record four channels. You can record two separate uh, feeds of them. But anyway, but I mean that's a cheap that's a cheap little unit. But and you're using it as a mic now, aren't you? I am, yeah. But it so also it works, works as, it works a, as audio, an audio. It works as an audio interface through the not through the camera connection kit with an iPad, but through that. There's a weird um, like camera connection kit that I got off uh, ah, right. off uh, eBay. It's got like a six. It's got like a. It's like a USB hub. Oh yeah, I saw that. I, I would like to say that uh, the H4n is not built in a crappy way like that. It actually has a bit more going for it. You know, it's it's a bit more robustly made, and that's the thing that that differentiates it from the other portable stuff in the Zoom range. I would say. I know, Hans, you you used you you ditched your H4n, didn't you, in favour of something else because it, it didn't work for you, right? Well, mostly ergonomically, I found it very very irritating to work with it, and uh, we switched to the Tascam DR100 for when we go out with our video cameras and need another audio feed, maybe because somebody's playing the guitar amp or anything. So we always have the field recorder with us. And um, we, we had the 4N and we always had trouble, you know, uh, just operating the unit mm. under stress. And yeah. that's where the Tuscom works a lot better, but that's strictly to mono or stereo. So there's no four-channel capability on the Tascam. But I think the Tascam, they have uh, new products out that do multi-channel. Yes, I heard. I mean, I think that the Panasonic do as well. Dave, you used to do a lot of uh, location recording. I mean, presumably you use Nagras and stuff like that. I mean, would something like this have passed muster for you uh, actually in the field, or would it all be wrong, wrong, wrong? Actually, no, it was interesting. I was thinking about it because I had an SQN mixer and that was either to an umbilical cord, either to the DigiBeta camera or, in some cases, just the recorder, you know, pre-DigiBeta camera, super-duper audio stuff. This would have been great. I, I want one of these. We've got, I've got an H1, we've got an H4N, but Chris seems to have that most of the time. We've even got an H4M with a little Rycote wind jammer on the top, which is quite cool. Um, but Chris seems to have that most of the time. And I thought that the way, the fact that this would fit on a DSLR for me is just like, Yeah, ah. I'd say fit. I mean, it's, it looks a bit like balancing a kind of mini on top of a, you know, mic yeah. stand. It's but not quite. No worse than a big flash gun or something. Well, maybe not. Uh, this seems quite cheap, actually. I was looking at, um, if I've got it over here. I think What's I've, the damage? It looks like, I mean, you can't get it till August, 369, 329 Andertons. I mean, you know, it looks like it's quite, uh, I, I, I just Google shopping, but none of them are in stock yet. And I think No I one's got are. any stock of anything. Do you know what? I've been trying to buy it. Since I've moved into this room, I'm going to, this is a slight rant, uh, my, my mixer packs up. So I've been trying to find three rack mixers to, re- you know, two new ones and one to replace the one. Every single store that I've called or I've been into does not have any stock. And do you know what happened today? I lost it, and in the end, I just bought it, everything from Tom. That's despite going down to local Dawson's, ringing Anderton's, reading, ringing Gat down in Brighton. No one's got any stock. Everyone now seems to order from the manufacturer. And is it any wonder retail is in the toilet at the minute? I couldn't believe it. I went into Dawson's. They got a massive... I wanted to buy two giga delays and a auto wire boss pedal thingy. They've got a massive, massive um, point of sales display. Like, you can sit on a giant boss pedal. <laughs> but you can't buy one. But you can't buy anything because no one's got it in stock. And no one knows when Roland are going to, A, have it in stock, and B, whether they've already got it in stock. So no one can give you a date. Anyway, that's my moan for today. Good Lord. Oh, that sounds so, so Hans, there's a, there's, a, there's a plus one for, uh, for, for, for the German retailer there. That must make you feel very happy. I know um, you have quite close ties with, with Toman being a sponsor of your um, yeah, web property. Sure. Um, and yeah, we bought, uh, we bought a load of lights actually from them. And it, it's, it's, a, you know, it's, a very, it's a very dry transaction, but it just works. I mean, you just got to wait a little while for it to ship, but you know, then it comes and it's all sorted. And it's because I guess they've got a, a warehouse that enables them they've to do got, that. They've got a two or three huge warehouse, like the Ikea warehouses. And they do actually stock, um, uh, um, gear for, for manufacturers as well there. So that's probably uh, they're part, they're sort of part always, of the, right. Part of the distribution. 
Yeah, they're Com almost part of uh, the distribution, so that could be one of the reasons why they have the stock and others don't. Could be. Oh, but, uh, in, but there's in Germany, there's actually quite a trend now. There's a, a lot of new retail stores, a big one, huge ones. Uh, last one last week, uh, Just Music opened one here in Berlin at the Moritzplatz. So there's a kind of a counter trend as well. Uh, at least new big stores are opening up, at least here in Germany. And we'll see how that goes. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, bricks and mortar. Let's hear it. Gaz, uh, did you want to come in there with something on, on the, uh, the recorder subject or were you spent? Uh, well, no, it's just uh, I think I'm just glad that Zoom continue being just a little... For me, Zoom are the vanguard of that Japanese thing that we used to admire so much. There's just not a lot of it goes on as much as it used to, you know, for just that pushing that boat out or just coming up with something quirky a little bit and, different are you are you yeah. using the zoom there for your um as the as the audio interface is that what we're listening to yeah exactly i mean i don't know what's gone wrong with my other uh, at the beginning of the show so i just quickly swap swapped that's over good it's not it. got much handling noise actually which is really impressive because I, I seem to remember that um some of the earlier stuff did so yeah uh, yeah it's a cool little thing you know but um yeah they yeah good on zoom i like them good on zoom good. yeah Right, well then, um, I think we've got time for one more, um, and that would be the Ocean Way Studios, because I've got that, and that's, uh, I'm just, well, anyway, I'll play this. Actually, got a, got, a, got oh. to get a look at it, actually, already. Oh, you've had a look at it, too? All right, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's have a look. I'll just uh, hit that, and then it'll... Because, um, here it comes. the 8th distribution was showing it at the uh, Evet creation tour in Germany. Ah, yeah. Well, we, this came um, just the other day, actually. Um, our satellite quad just died, unfortunately. We had to send it back, and it got replaced very quickly, but it just, for some reason, wouldn't work. So now I've got it back. Uh, I've been playing around with it, and I have to say, it's a really interesting idea, because it's slightly different to to something like uh, the Audio Ease product. It's got a bit more integration. It's more about the sound and the mics of a space. So this is Ocean Way, which looks like an absolutely fabulous place to, uh, to record. I think my partner and in, uh, at Sonic actually got to make an album at Ocean Way many years ago. Um, Welcome to Ocean Way Studios, brought to you by Universal Audio and Alan Sides, exclusively for the UAD-powered plugins platform. This comes as close... Anyway, we won't. You can watch that video yourselves. But yeah, the idea is that it basically is it takes convolution, but also adds this extra uh, um, X factor. So you you get three pairs of mics, close, near, and far, and then you can just um, I think I've got a screenshot here, uh, and then you can just um, mix between them, change the phase, change the mics, change the distance, change the the miking pattern for different studio for different types of instruments and what have you. And I tried it on a set of drums, and I have to say, it sounds really quite good. You've got two modes. You've got modelling mode, which is kind of emulating the recording part, or you can use it as a sort of reverb send. And it does sound really quite special. I don't know, what was your experience of it, not Eric? Well, uh, I only had a look at, uh, it was only demo to me, but uh, from what I understood, because I think I explicitly asked him, there is no convolution. Oh. Are you sure there is? Uh, it says convolution as well as dynamic room modeling is what it says in my in my okay. in my league. okay all right okay so it's two sets of things okay 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 um, it looked pretty I mean because I had no chance to really listen to it uh, I wasn't that impressed because I just thought well it's another impulse response from a room. With a couple of variations, we've seen and heard that before. But if it if it works, yeah. it, it does. I mean, I must say, I've I've only tried it on drums so far. I've been trying to find uh, some guitar tracks and things to kind of throw other instruments into it. But uh, it did sound. It it just sort of adds this very familiar room sound around things. But you can change and modify that quite extremely, and that change the the. It, it seems to sort of beef everything up and you, you know that that is i guess it's a classic sounding room and i guess the idea about this it, it's less perhaps about the specific product itself which although it's great you know it's it runs on the uh, uad you need a uad2 duo minimum uh and it's 349 so it's you know that as with all the U universal audio products you know plugins they are expensive 
And yeah. but sometimes they just they are the only thing that do that. And I guess this will be the only thing. But it was more a question of the idea. You know, this is a fifty-year-old room that has an absolute classic sound with a kind of quarter of a million dollars worth of mics and the expertise of a person who knows how to use it in that room. And it's got to be a good thing that that is sort of sampled and absorbed into into what we can now attach because that's not going to be around. He's not going to be around. The rooms presumably may not be around forever. I mean, it seems like a pretty damn good idea to get that sort of stuff. I mean, Gaz, you know, I know you're a big fan of the room, as it were. You know, I mean, this this seems like a kind of good idea, just in terms just of just a quick comment on the room. I just was in the uh, Berliner uh, Emil Berliner Studios. They are right underneath the Hansa, and they have a one great, gorgeously sounding main uh, recording room. But they also mic'd up two of their stair stair hallways stairwells stairs, yeah stairways so you get this really boomy you could have drum sound in there so they have loudspeakers in there and microphones and you can you know connect all the rooms to all of their three uh, recording uh, rooms uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, the main studios. Okay, uh, that was it. No, I just but that, wanted to tell you that how impressive that is to have a great room. I mean, you know. Well, I know I agree, and I think that's. I mean, that's that's very important. I know, Gaz, you kind of go to places f- and do quite a lot of location recording. So, I mean, this sort of thing would be. Would it be of interest, or would you rather go there and do it yourself? Oh well, obviously. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, of course you but, would. Um, yeah, I, I. Do you know? In a way, though, it worries me a little bit because I think it's going to act as a veneer that's going to coat lots of people's music and it's just going to give a really samey sound to lots and lots of things because I reckon a lot of people won't delve that deeply into the settings. So a lot of the generic, you know, the first, you know, um, defaults or whatever, I think a lot of people will use. So I think that, I mean, just black, could just act as just like as a blandifier, you know. Just because of how yeah, I, I, I suppose that. I mean, you, not everybody's got. I know, you know, Rich Hilton swears by um, by by it, you know, by Universal Audio stuff. And we would have when we were discussing there were certain plugins that we think are great, like the EMT two hundred and fifty is just absolutely yeah. classic. Voice, oh. you know, lots of these things are they are really good. I, I know, I, d- but I'm saying that they're good, but I'm just wondering if it gets overused. Just the sense of like that particular space, which well, we're probably maybe so. already extremely familiar with, will just be, you know, it'll just become overly familiar but maybe i was thinking you know we have we need more of this we need more processes that allow us to absorb this information and experience into something that we can use if that's possible i agree i know dave um you you use universal audio stuff right yeah love it have you tried this out tried the tried the demo no because i'm still on the old uad card um Uh, i did watch i'll tell you i'll rush you you know the pro tools expert guy he did a kind of pretty good walkthrough of it uh which i was quite intrigued by i mean don't forget there's a big time with ocean way and universal audio because bill putnam i think designed the room didn't he or certainly one of the main studio rooms so I was really interested. I mean, everything Universal Audio do is always done to the nth degree. So I was really interested. But I'm kind of very, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Blandifier, I, Veneer, I yes. kind of see that yeah. in a way. I like that idea. It was interesting with Russ's demo in that there was obviously that you've got the three mics near, mid and far. And he was using it on a piano. I, everyone does drums. And I was kind of, oh, give me vocals, give me vocals. That's what I really want to hear. Vocals immersed in that room, particularly with this kind of buzzword dynamic, what is it, dynamic room Dynamic modeling. room modelling. Yeah, and I thought, oh, this would be really interesting. But he did a piano. And it was weird because every time he kind of bypassed it, I thought, oh, that's the sound I like. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> what he was saying was is that in, obviously in isolation, it's easy to kind of, like Gaz said, you know, think of it as a kind of veneer. But when everything's kind of enclosed in that same space, and the fact that convolution is a kind of snapshot and that this purports to be more, I'd be very interested in checking it out. Mm. I was trying to think of other spaces that I'd like, but most of them are gone. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the problem, yeah. I mean, this is the sort Meister of thing. room. The yeah. Meister room in Hansa Studio, the big yeah. hall where... The heroes was produced. And everything. Yeah. yeah, that's actually also my uh, also connected to the Emil Berliner Studios directly. So you can, I think, you can do recordings in four or five rooms to any of their three recording suites. But it sounds like I mean, there's an archer. You know, I mean, we, we that, that maybe there's an idea. You know, you basically any time the studio is not up, it's just mic'd up, and you can 
play your you can send in your stems or whatever and play them into the rooms you know for an hourly rate and you know that way it can you you could actually if you queue it all up and did it sort of cleverly you could have computers just pumping music into these spaces 24 7 so that you've got the option to kind of use it later as as effects or you know rather than impulses it really lives within the space so you know maybe that's a good thing for down to when it's when the studio's down it, it switches into playback mode and it just goes bang 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 yeah so tonight you hear kind of whatever it is pounding down the stairwells until five o'clock in the morning when the the cleaner comes in and they have to switch I it think off that's a Good business model for Rainer from Emil Berliner Studios. He could have his 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 stairway or staircase way or whatever it's called in English, and my, which is already mic'd up with and has a loudspeaker in it. There could be a, a live feed into there, right? Yep. I could sort of send to their room, get it back. You know, that would be yeah. We, be we, we, we've looked at these before because I remember wasn't there that massive water tower in uh, somewhere yeah. in Germany yeah, 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 where yeah, they yeah. did that? And you could submit audio, and I think you had to. I can't remember if you had to pay for it, but it just queued it up. No, no, played it for, I remember I was in the podcast when yeah. we showed it. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, I, I don't know whether or not it would generate enough money compared to the investment, but it wouldn't take all that much computer know how to sort that out you just sort of send it off and send it back and, and maybe you could try different speakers and do, you know it would be f you could be an installation effectively obviously you'd have to make sure it didn't go off in the middle of a session um because that, well, would that be. could be a good marketing idea for the studio if they would set up something like this have it on the on a website via javascript or whatever for free and people could just throw in their sounds into their room that would give them a good sort of uh, coverage i think and mm. maybe there could be a you know, Rainer, listen, if you listen to the show, you know, maybe that's something you could do for solemnly for marketing and promotional purposes. It certainly could work, couldn't it? I, I think it might work. I know, Mark, are you kind of into, I mean, I know you're into bionorals and that side of things. I mean, do you, and you, you're into com, um, to doing your own convolutions and impulses, right? I am definitely into doing convolutions and impulses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got various different ways of doing that. Um, I've got the Waves plug-in, I've got a, um, obviously the thing that comes with Logic Audio, which I actually think is a really good convolution reverb, and I tend to use their, um, I know, I tend to use the Waves uh, sweep, and then I put it into the Logic one, and I tend to uh, render it using the Logic Space Designer, because that works really quite well to use that sweep in combination with that. Then if you put it in the Waves one, it just edits off the first so many seconds of it, if it's a really long... Uh, convolution. Um, no, I don't use the balloon method. I use the sweep. Somebody just asked me that in the chat room. That sounds very oh, well, tangential. You, you <laughs> I'm not answering a question anybody's asking. It sounds a little bit like uh, yeah, the balloon method. Yes, I, I, there's all sorts of methods. The, the balloon squeak but or the balloon pop. Yes. But in terms of like, you know, there's something about being in a physical space with physical human beings which you cannot capture digitally. Yeah. And what worries me about all of these spaces is what we're doing as a culture is we're driving everything into these devices. And it's absolutely outstanding what we're able to do with computers and iPads and stuff. What, I mean, I got in my car earlier on to go and collect my kid from school. And I walked out my house with my iPad and I've got one of those Filofax type leather covers for it. And I thought, God. Like 25 years ago, I'd be walking out to my car with my Filofax and it would have all of my phone numbers and all of my notes and all that stuff in it. And I'm thinking, now I'm walking out and I just downloaded the Waldorf thing and I'm thinking, I've got a synthesizer in my hand and a digital guitar emulator. And I was, I was jamming with some people on Saturday and I was trying to play uh, this guitarism plug-in as a guitar. And in the end, I must admit, I gave up and I picked up an electric guitar because... Well, why wouldn't you, really? There's something about it being in the digital world which takes it away from that whole human... Music is a language and it's about communication. And as human beings, we use music as a, as a language to communicate emotion and maybe some spiritual aspect, but I think really, you know, there's a, there's a hidden communication which you're just losing when you digitize everything. So what worries me is while it might be totally convincing to that engineer who, the engineer who created it, he's saying now he's created it digitally, why wouldn't he always kind of use it in his computer in that world because it's faster to move the mics around and all that sort of stuff. 
But in terms of like musicians creating music in that space, if we lose these spaces, there will come a time when we go, oh no, why did we knock that down? But like all the famous London studios have all been turned into flats or... I mean, it's like there's, there's something, we're losing something. We're yeah, just well, that's end true. up in this totally homogenized world. And like, like Gaz said, it's just going to end up with everything sounding the same, everything with the same veneer. Well, I think that's true. But then I, I, I take your point. I mean, that's true with performance aspects. But I mean, you know, we've all been making electronic dance music for sort of decades. And that, I, I don't know about you, but that involves me sitting in front of a computer, not interacting with anybody generally so i mean i think uh, uh, yeah but i mean before i did that i was in a punk band and there's something much more visceral about that i've got a i've been working with this woman called robin stewart and she's um uh, like me she's got asperger's and she comes here and we she's got some crazy songs and we've been kind of playing around with recording these in the studio with uh digital instruments and stuff and then the other day she was trying to play something and she said i can't play these chords mark because she's got problems with her hands so she said can you play it and i'll sing so i was bashing this thing out on the guitar and she was singing away and at the end of it we were just in fits of laughter because it was such good fun and that aspect of music making doesn't seem to happen quite so much unless you drop it if you take it maybe you're in right frame (laughs) maybe Uh, not that we condone that sort of thing sorry no well Uh, i'm not anymore no no you you were just coming in there uh, but I think it has actually has nothing to do with the technology in itself, obviously. And I must actually share your experience, Mark, because I was just out in Malaga for a couple of, you know, just recording some tracks with people, you know, with singer and a singer and somebody taking care of the of the uh, technology of the recording software. And I was just guiding the vocalist, and we were talking about what we wanted to achieve, and I realized that because now my head was free because I didn't have to play with Studio One or with Logic at the same time. I think with what is one aspect is we can now do everything on our own, but we shouldn't always do that. So, you know, because my focus was with the singer, had I been, would I have to at the same time operate my Cubase or Logic, I would lose lots of that, you know, communication. And I think we just, we just use, use the stuff, but make sure that maybe sometimes it's better to have an expert, maybe an expert who does the engineering, an expert who does the mixing, an expert who does whatever. Yeah, and we true. just rely, we think we can do it all, and we do it all, and I think we shouldn't. How sound bounces around in a physical space does affect how people interact with one another. So going back to this software, how sound bounces around in a digital space won't change the look or, or not the look, the feel of the or the sound for the musicians. So it won't change the way they push and pull around them. We've been talking about this a lot recently, like how they push the beat or how they lay back on the beat. Mm. The space is going to make a massive difference to how that communication Mm. takes place. And I think digitizing it doesn't give you everything of that space. Yes, but also... but There's another the thing that you lose the feel. But by the same token, uh, only a very small percentage of people can actually get to Ocean Way and do their thing. So I mean, you know. Okay. Yeah, there's also there, there also has the experience with the, the on the session was and how much latency actually disrupts your musical performance because we were we were not doing direct monitoring because we thought 32 samples would be enough to be able to sing, you know, with monitoring on the headphones. But it was, at the end of the day, it was more than 10 milliseconds, and it was completely throwing off the singer. Something where you would say, it's only 10 milliseconds, it's only 32 samples buffer, but it was making a huge difference. Switching to the hardware monitoring, everything went, no problem, everything was on spot, and there was a... The feeling was there, everything. So yeah. especially this latency shit is driving me nuts in the computer, actually. Oh. Gas, you seem to have um, have brought a bass to the party. Oh, that's a, is that a new guitar? Uh, no, it's not. It's just uh, when you were talking about the things you're talking about, it just made me long to play it, you know. Uh, just Because <laughs> yeah. it's acoustic bass. It's a Tacoma, a Tacoma Thunder Chief. Uh, it's looks great. lovely. It's lovely. It's have you ever dropped? Have you ever lost anything in that fr- in that s- sound hole? It's fr- it's a. I love that. And 
That's our good old friend. We're very close to a session now. Yeah, right. What's the latency like over Skype, Hans? <laughs> it's only 200 milliseconds. Yeah, I can, it's all right. I can compensate. <laughs> We're off. I can't play anything. I mean, quite literally. I haven't got anything to play, but then I can't. If I did have, I couldn't play it. Maybe this is. Maybe it's a good time. Maybe we should have to, the. Fa- we should fade out now because that just seems like such a beautiful thing that we've got going on here. So a bit of real time action. That's what we want. So a anyway, real time actions. What we want. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That was great, Gaz and uh, Hans and non and um and Dave. Thank you also. Uh, so, yeah, guys, thank you very much for joining us and for playing. I'm um, great to see you back. It's been a long time. I've missed you. And now I can see... Are you back for a while? Or uh, when do you go to Japan? Um, in about four weeks. All oh, right, weeks, okay. Four weeks, three yeah. lovely I'm looking forward to that thank you very much anyway um, songsurgeon.co.uk also Mr Dave Spears playing his uh, the instrument that can't be mentioned thank you for chipping in there and your internet did hold up yeah, mostly it no. just went a bit but your um, your latency's gone up or so there's obviously something going on maybe someone put a kettle on probably just put more like Darren said put more diesel in it more di- anyway uh, I want that yeah, that sounds good. And when do I get the beta? <laughs> <laughs> and also, thank you very much. Uh, you heard a voice there to uh, Mr. Non-Eric from musotalk.de. He'll have to speak, and then I can bring his yes, window yes, up. Yes, I speak, I speak, I speak, I speak, I speak. There he goes. And there he is. I'm thank speaking. you very much. Thank you for... So we've been live... Swi- we've had a swi- live switching battle. <laughs> yeah, let me switch. Come on, let me switch, 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 switch. Ah, oh, no, you've got a black screen. Ah, oh, no, 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 that's a... T- <laughs> But we must we must uh, get together and have a chat about technology because there's uh, all sorts of stuff going on. So, thank you very much for joining us, musitalk.de. Remember, you can see uh, non Eric's full review of Waldorf Nave uh, on uh, his show on Monday. So uh, enjoy that. And also, I want to say thank you very much to Mark Tinley, who has been there um, in his uh, well, his spiritual home, shall we say? Because it's it seems like it's quite cool where he is. So thank you very much, Mark, for Am joining. I still here? You are still here. I'm glad you are. You haven't been spirited no, no, no. away. I think, you know what? Skype has crashed. And I think what crashed it was Hans, uh, sorry, Eric switching his video there. It's just completely jammed up on my machine. So. Ah, too many, too, changing too many pixels at the same time. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. It could be that. It's because it's, it's, um, well, it's because of what it is, I think. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you, Mark. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy the rest of your um, your sweltering day, the hottest day in England so far. And I want to say thank you, of course, again to Isotope because they've been uh, kind enough to sponsor the show. Uh, remembering you can go to isotope.com forward slash trash to download your copy. In fact, I think I forgot to, oh, to set a competition this week, but I think we'll... playing out with the New York Dolls. We'll hold that thought and the competition can be next week instead. So stay tuned. Um, that's what's called a sort of uh, deferred teaser <laughs> or a totally cocked up ad spot which uh, you choose <laughs> anyway thanks very much um, and don't forget actually tomorrow we've got a live blog we, we've got this new feature which is a day in the life and today uh, tomorrow is a day in the life of uh, Jordan Rudess so uh, stay tuned and uh, you can see what he's up to he's going to be posting his updates and uh, there should be a bit of fun um, there so uh, thank you very much for watching once again that was Sonic Talk number 318 cheers everybody